Like sands through a hot glass of tea, these are the adventures of Scare Fighter 3. So thirsty. I, I feel like we've been walking through this desert forever. Ugh, it's so hot. I thought I'd be good since all my shirts are sleeveless, but these robot arms are super insulated. I'm dying here. Aurora, how are you not hot? All my clothes are moisture wicking. I told you guys to dress appropriately. Pretty thirsty though. <laughs> and you guys all laugh when I picked up the last can of Creep Cola. Bet you want some now. No way, man. That's way too much sugar. Yeah, you're gonna regret that. Nonsense. This is Creep Cola Super Desert Edition. It's like 90% water. Most soda is already 90% water. See? Brutus, that's not the point. Yeah, it's still not a good idea. It's been shaking around in the pack. It'll explode. Whatever. You guys don't get any then. More for Papa. Aw, oh, man! Now I'm hot, thirsty, and sticky. Told ya. Wait, did you hear that? You're probably just hearing things. Mirages can be sounds, too. Yeah. I've been seeing a palm tree-filled oasis down that dune for a while now. But you don't see me losing it. Uh, sis, I see it too. Me too. Water! It's real! Let's go! We made it! Whoa, look at this place. There's water everywhere. And these palm trees. It's got a real Vice City vibe. I'm going in. Time to wash this stuff off. As Team Sneakwolf fill their canteens, Brutus begins to remove his soda-soaked shirt, the thick fabric clinging to his face. He stumbles into a bush of palm fronds, which also cling to his sticky body. Ah, it's alive! The trees are alive! Help me! Struggling to get free, Brutus flails wildly, entangling himself deeper inside the palm bush. With his last panic effort, he thrusts himself forward, trips, and falls face first into the sand. You okay, big guy? Ugh, oh, gross! Sand is all over me! It's inside everything. Every. Thing. <laughs> He's fine. He's fine over here. <laughs> Guys, listen. There it is again. Is that a monkey? There, on top of that palm tree. Lounging atop a towering palm, a small monkey with a red hat and crop top mocks Brutus. He walks his monkey fingers along his belly, mimicking Brutus's fall and laughing hysterically. Are you making fun of me, you damn dirty ape? Chill out, Brutus, he's just a silly little guy. The monkey stands up, puts on a dumb face, and mimes walking with giant arms. <laughs> See? What's he doing now? Standing as tall as he can, the monkey flexes his arms before dropping them and doing a poor rendition of the robot? Oh, that's me. It's supposed to be me. This monkey's kind of a dick. <laughs> no, you are. A banana-feeling dick. What? He can talk, too? No, that voice. It's coming from the pack. 
Mm, let me see. The compass. It's coming from the compass. Whoa, how? Mm, looks like there's a translation app. Babblefish. Ugh, everything has an app now. What's it saying? Mm, I, I don't know. It's not translating anymore. Let me try something. Says here we've used up our free time. We need to upgrade the app to the pro version or gotta wait 24 hours before we can translate again. We should just find a karaoke place and watch Lost in Translation instead. There. Let's try again. Can you say something else, Mr. Monkey? Name's Dougie Kong. I've been your waiter this evening. Hope you've enjoyed being served. Extending an arm out toward the horizon and raising the other to his face, Dougie buries his eyes into his elbow in a strange pose. Why is it posing like that? I'm not sure. He looks pretty young. Maybe we're just too old to understand? Yeah, maybe you're right. Guys, I need help. I think I'm stuck to the ground. Orion and Alistair both grab on Brutus's beefy arms and peel him off the coarse terrain. He is covered head to toe in sand, sticks, and tiny rocks. Ugh, Brutus, your arms are disgusting. Yeah, it's like you're covered in maple syrup. Brutus picks up two baseball-sized rocks and tries to scrape off the sand and sticks cake to his body, but is alarmed when they, too, get stuck on his chest. Uh-oh, guys. The stuff won't come off. Serves you right, Ben Grimm. Brutus, he just called you the Thing from Fantastic Four. What? No, I don't want to be part of the worst franchise in the history of cinema. To be fair... Out of all of them, The Thing is the coolest character. Oh, definitely. He's big, strong, lovable, and kind of a jerk. <laughs> you know what they say, if the rocks fit... Many failed reboots will be the least of your worries, thieves. When my uncle finds out what you've done, he's gonna pull your skeleton friend apart and beat you with his bones. Skeleton friend? Dougie, we're not thieves, and we have no idea who you're talking about. We're just travelers trying to get back to Creepsburg. Creepsburg? You're from beyond the valley? Sure are. You know what valley he's talking about? Sure don't. I'm afraid you're far away from home. <laughs> hey, you can't scare us. Also, unrelated, but can someone please tell me who and, more importantly, where this talking skeleton is? His name is Dr. Bones, and he's an evil thief. He came here looking for directions to the Great Pyramid. Then he stole my family's great golden banana. <laughs> Big deal. Do you know how much fruit is stolen to the will of time? What the hell are you talking about? Fruit goes bad so easily. Been eyeing an orange for a week? Sorry. Want to see if that pear on the counter is still feasible? Sorry, Jack. That thing was bad the day you bought it. It's even worse for bananas. And don't even get me started on horse apples. Horse apples aren't really a fruit. What? Yes, they are. Not really. They're super tough to open pods of sour junk. Even animals avoid them. Yeah, you really shouldn't be eating those. Dude, you guys are missing out. They're green, scaly, and delicious. If you can get past all the bugs inside and the rash you get from touching Enough. it. Please! I don't want to see our beloved banana on display in a dusty old museum. Without it, the oasis will dry up. I can get it back, but I'll need your compass. Aw, oh, guys, this place is so great. Maybe we should help. No way. We need to get back to Creepsburg before something bad happens. We don't have time to go on some wild fruit chase. I hate to say it, Aurora, but Brutus is right. We need to hurry. 
I know we're on a time crunch, guys, but I'm with Aurora. We took a vow to always help the little guy. And he's clearly very little. I'm not little. I'm 25. That's, well, I don't know how old that is in human years, but I'll need your help. You're all boneheads, just like Dr. Bones. Dr. Bones? Prepare to change your names to boneheads. <laughs> Standing straight up and locking his outstretched arms at the elbow, Dougie Kong moves his hips from side to side while his stiff arms begin swinging around his body like a pendulum. I don't get it. What's happening? Is he mad or happy? Dougie continues his dance, smiling wide as, Okay, look. I don't get it either, but it's fine. It seems fun. It's fine. Moving on. With Team Sneak Wolf thoroughly distracted, Dougie grabs hold of some large palm fronds and swings over them, snatching the compass out of Aurora's hands with his tail. Hey, get that back. With the compass in hand, Dougie completes the swing and flips into a taller, bushier palm tree. The fronds part as a small, blue-propellered plane emerges. It has red racing stripes on the wings and the number one displayed on a circle across its nose. Dougie turns his cap backward and dons a pair of black sunglasses as the plane takes off. The little jerk has a plane? What the hell? Guys, without that compass, we're stuck here. After him! Struggling to keep up with Dougie's plane, the gang reaches the top of the tallest sand dune they have ever seen. They are all covered in sweat with their hair hanging in front of their faces, looking a bit like Alice Cooper or Elaine from that Seinfeld episode where the steam pipe explodes in the bagel shop. You know what I mean. I'm saying they look a bit rough. They stare out across the expanse of sand and giant bones. Whoa, look at this place. That's a lot of bones. They're massive. It looks like this whole desert was once an ancient ocean. It looks like the elephant graveyard from The Lion King. Totally does. You've seen The Lion King? Absolutely, man. I'm a huge fan of JTT. Who? JTT. Jonathan Taylor Thomas, man. Ah, young Aurora's biggest crush. Be still, my beating heart. Nah, Matthew Broderick is the definitive voice of Simba. You would like the worst one. You want to come over here and say that? Yeah, maybe I do. Guys, cut it out. We're all exhausted and tensions are high. Look, the Great Pyramid is just beyond this area. Yeah, we have a plane to catch. Let's keep moving. Fine. With the fiery topic of who is the better Lion King squashed, Team Sneak Wolf continues on through the creepy ancient boneyard by entering the mouth of a giant amphibious skull. On the other side, massive rib bones protrude from the sand like stalagmites, and resting atop them, dark winged birds the size of small cars watch from their perches. At the end of the dark, maze-like path of bones, there is a small opening. Light shines through and warms them as they step through the opening and back into the harsh sun. As the gang trudges onward, they come upon a crumbling wall of stone. Stepping through one of the large cracks, they see the pyramid. Whoa, look at that! You know, I was skeptical at first, but I gotta admit, the Great Pyramid is pretty great. Yeah, I bet you could land a giant spaceship on that thing. What? A spaceship? Yeah, I saw a Theodore talk once with this scientist that was talking about how pyramids were alien landing pads for spaceships. I mean, he was later kicked out of the science community for that theory, but it doesn't mean he was wrong. 
Yeah. Guys, what is that at the base of the pyramid? Is that a tent? Yeah, and people too. We should stop in and see what's going on. Yeah, maybe they've seen a monkey flying a plane. If I saw that, I wouldn't be able to stop talking about it. You did see it, Brutus. I did? Oh, right. Yeah, I did. Maybe. Or was it a monkey swiping at planes while climbing a skyscraper? Yep, that's the one. I'm going to tell so many people. Oh, boy. Maybe we can find some shade and water for Brutus, too. As Team Sneak Wolf approach the base of the pyramid, they see a ratty old tent fashioned from a sheer white fabric. Atop it, poking out of its center, a large wooden pole extends toward the sky with a string of multicolored flags tied to it and blowing in the wind. Surrounding the tent are people of all ages. Some appear to be your typical tourists with their maps and cameras. Others are dressed as cheerleaders, school teachers, and barbecue chefs. It was an odd congregation, to say the least. What's going on here? I don't know, but it looks to be a pretty popular place. Ugh, I hate tourists. They always ruin special places like this. I mean, who brings a baby to a dry, inhospitable desert to see an old ruin? I'm calling it now. We're totally gonna have to save these people. Maybe we should try and check in at the tent. Good idea. The tent had seen better days. The poles were dried out and brittle, and the main drape was tattered and worn with many holes exposing the inside to the elements. A sign posted at the entrance read, Pyramid of Fear in big, bold letters. Inside, a heated argument was reaching its climax as an older man was thrown outside into the sand. An even older man steps out into the sun. He is wearing a semi-white, sweat-stained safari shirt tucked into dark brown trousers with a large blue scarf draped around his neck. He pulls on the broken suspenders hanging from his shoulders as he wipes sweat from his brow. And stay out, Benny. I don't want to see your face around here again. And that goes for your pal Dakota, too. What was that? Does he run this joint? I don't know but I suppose we should talk to him. Excuse me, scary old dude? I thought I told you to stay out. Oh, you're not Benny, sorry. Been having some trouble with an old acquaintance today. Sorry to bother you, sir. We were just hoping we could ask you a few questions. Please, call me Brendan. Why does it look like the 1930s in here? Well, that's my favorite time period. My wife, Evelyn, Really loved it. She was a historian and a collector. After she went missing inside the pyramid, I wanted to keep it familiar. Keep her close to me. These tourists come to this pyramid to solve the curse of the mummy, but really it's just a way for me to fund the search party. Even if it is just to recover a body. I am so sorry. (sighs) After all this time, it all still smells like her. I'm so sorry. How long has it been? Oh, I lost track of the days long ago. Hey, ask him about the monkey. Brennan, have you seen a large monkey swiping at planes around here? Maybe up on top of the pyramid? He usually travels around with a lizard and a wolf, just destroying buildings and cars and eating people. No, no, Brutus, it was a small monkey and he was flying the plane. Brutus, are you sure you're okay? Huh? Oh, sure. Thank you, Mr. President. I'd love to dance. There you go, big guy. Rest now. You know, big fella was on to something. He was? 
Earlier this morning, I saw a small prop plane flying into one of the openings at the top of the pyramid. I've been holding off letting anyone inside due to the rock monster lurking at the entrance, so people were pretty upset that he got to go inside and they didn't. That's our guy. Let's go. Wait, wait, wait. Did he say rock monster? The ground began to shake as a monstrous roar hangs on the hot, sticky air. They all run outside to see the tourists scrambling for shelter as hunks of stone fall from high up on the pyramid and crash into the sand. The dense stone covering the entrance crumbles, revealing a monolithic creature with jagged rocks for hands and a single metallic eye. Damn it, Vinny! What did you do now? Uh, sorry, O'Connell. I couldn't wait any longer. You must be stopped. The treasure awaits. Glory to Hamanaptra. Whoa, look at that thing. It looks just like the egg golem from Pronto and Puncher. The what? It's a classic Super Genesis game, one of my faves. It even came with an expansion port too, so you could play as Puncher in the other Pronto the Porcupine games. Oh, I love that game, man. Adding Puncher the Possum really added to the series. Oh, for sure. Guys, we don't have time for this. Focus. Right. The gang and their new friend, Brendan, watch as the Cyclopean Menace sets its sight on the camp. Benny, look out. It's shifting its track. It's coming right at you. The behemoth locks onto Benny, who was running toward the nearest boulder to hide behind, and shoots a bolt of electricity from its eye. <laughs> the electricity engulfs him, leaving behind nothing but smoldering bones and frayed clothing. Benny, you stupid. Oh, what's going on out here? Can't a guy get some sleep? Brutus, look out! The golem locks onto Brutus and begins to charge his eye beam. No, you don't, Winky. Brutus grabs a rock and hurls it toward the monster as the electricity erupts once more from its eye. The rock intercepts the beam and explodes into a mist of tiny fragments, blinding the creature. It swipes at the ground, grabbing anyone it can get its spiked claws around. Wasting no time, Brutus dodges one of the claws and jumps off of the other. He flips towards the blinded metallic eye and slams his forehead into it. The giant golem thrashes about before bursting into flames seemingly out of nowhere and collapsing into the sand. Brutus lands just in front of the gang, who were staring at him in awe. Holy shit, man! Way to go, Brutus! How did you do that? I'm a firm believer in the power nap. It's great, and everyone should do it. It gives me enough mental energy to come up with a plan on the fly, which I stole from video games. Huh? Well, I thought he kind of looked like an egg golem from Pronto and Puncher, which means the weak point is usually the head or eye. <laughs> my mom always said video games would rot my brain. Joke's on you now, Mom. Ugh, my head hurts. I told you guys. I can't believe it. The golem is dead. Brendan. After all these years, you can finally enter the pyramid again. Yeah, <laughs> the ancient path is now open. Uh, I mean, yes, yes, yes I can. Evelyn, my dear, here I come. Our heroes enter the pyramid just ahead of their new pal, Brendan O'Connell. The inner chamber is vast, its walls and steps covered in spider webs. In the center of the chamber sits a long extinguished dried out pyre with mirrors placed around the edges of the platform. On the opposite side of the entrance, they see a familiar monkey holding a fedora-wearing skeleton man hostage with what looks like a large cobra. 
Get this thing away from me. Give me back my banana, or else I'll let my scaly friend here loose. Ugh. Damn snakes. Why does it have to be snakes? That banana belongs in a museum. Time's up, bonehead. Dougie, no! Stop! Aurora jumps into the middle of the fray, snatches the snake out of Dougie's hand, and throws it off to the side where it slithers through a crack in the wall. Hey! All right, let's all just calm down. Thank you, miss. I'm Dr. Henry Bones. My friends call me Dakota. Good to meet you, Dakota. Now cough up the banana. Yay! You two, hand over our compass. Ah, uh, man! Fine. Your turn, Bones. Sorry, doll. Nothing personal, but I like to work alone. Dakota pulls out a whip and cracks it, snatching the compass from Aurora's hand as he hits a small stone with his elbow. Stepping back against the wall, he winks at her as the wall spins around, carrying him into a secret room. Aurora and Dougie claw at the wall, but find no seam. What? How? I know. What a dick. You can understand monkey speak? What? No, I'm just assuming. You guys hear that? Dougie scrambles for the exit as the walls surrounding our heroes start to shake. Aurora and Alistair crouch down in a huddle to steady themselves. Brutus and Orion run to the platform at the center of the room to take cover within the dried-out pyre as dust and rocks fall from the ceiling. The ancient mirrors shatter as the stones surrounding them sink into the ground, forming a spiral staircase under their feet. Whoa, 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 whoa! Uh, 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 the ground below Brutus gives way and he tumbles down the steps into the dark. Brutus! As the walls return to their normal, rigid state, Alistair and Aurora run over to check on Orion and Brutus. Brutus, is he okay? I think so. Brutus, you dead? Yeah, I'm on. What happened to Brendan? He's gone. Whoa, look, the entrance collapsed. I hope he made it out. He's an adult, he can take care of himself. Let's go get our compass. Yeah, we've got a bonehead to pick. Blame! Ow! As Team Sneakwolf reaches the bottom of the stone steps, they scoop up Brutus and head deeper into the pyramid. From down a long corridor blanketed in spiderwebs, they hear a monstrous roar followed by cries for help. Help! In here! Whoa, what in Hades is that thing? Before them stands a massive three-headed cat beast with razor-sharp claws that dig into the rock like it was sand. On the tip of its tail is a spiked ball glowing red with embers, as if the whole thing could burst into flames at any moment. They watch as the heads take turns tossing a familiar skeleton man back and forth. Look at the size of that cat. It's huge! It has three heads. This must be the legendary creature, Serpurus. What? Serpurus! the ancient guardian of the underworld. Basically, a bouncer for the dead club. And look, it has Dakota. Looks like it's just toying with him. Okay, so how do we beat it? Maybe we should just squirt it with some water. Are you kidding? What? It's a cat, it has a flame tail. Seems like the logical answer to me. Help! Cats instinctively play with their food, and I'm the food! Hey, Alistair, you have a weird connection with cats. Why don't you try and communicate with it? This is not a normal cat. This is like a super scary hell cat. Huh, <laughs> Dakota Bones is about to get eaten. We gotta try something, man. You can do this, babe. I believe in you. Oh man, alright. 
Alistair covers his face with a cat bandana and steps out of the shadows of the corridor to enter the beast's den. Seeing him, one of the heads lets out a roar. The heads each narrow their eyes, tracking him as he inches closer. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You have no idea how badly this hurts. I'm all bone, so there's no padding at all. You, wait, no, no! Serpurus moves on one of his massive paws to the side, revealing a large hole in the stone and drops Dakota inside. With his jaws free of the bony toothpick, Sephiroth stands and leaps toward Alistair, landing just in front of him, its breath moving the hair on his head. Holding his eyes shut, Alistair begins to click his tongue. Serapis cocks its head to the side, looking him over, then parting his serrated fangs begins to purr. Alistair pries open his eyes just in time to get a face full of tongue. Hey, Rose, cut it out. Alistair extends his hand and begins to pet the snout of the middle head as the other two nuzzle against his. Aw, you're just a big sweetheart, aren't you? All right, he did it. That is not how I pictured that going at all. The rest of Team Sneakwolf emerge from the corridor to meet them. Guys, meet my new friend. He's kind of a big deal around here. Good for you, man. And lame. (laughs) Glad you're not dead. All right, all right. Let's get moving before I start getting jealous. (laughs) (laughs) The gang shares a heartfelt laugh before continuing deeper into the ancient labyrinth as their new friend watches over the path behind them. Holy shit. Look at all this gold. Brutus, be careful. Don't... Save your breath, sis. He's already swimming around in it. (laughs) Guys... Look, I'm Scrooge McDuck. Quack, quack. (sighs) Scrooge McDuck didn't actually quack. What? He's a duck, though. Yeah, but you know what? Forget it. Guys, look! It's Brendan. How'd he get down here? What's he doing? Where is it? Where's the sarcophagus? He must have super strength. He's overturning those stones like they're nothing. Show off. Brendan, are you okay? There it is. I found you, my dear. Brendan unearths a sarcophagus made of solid gold, digs his fingers into the side, and pulls the lid open. Inside, the long-decayed remains of a woman sit enshrined with jewelry and fancy clothes, her headdress barely staying on her skull. Brendan grasps her once-mummified hand, and it turns to dust between his fingers. Evelyn, no, we're too late. The mummification didn't last. Brendan, I'm so sorry. And it's all your fault, you damn scare fighters. Uh-oh. Let's see how you get past the skeleton guard. Wind picks up inside the chamber. The skin on Brendan's face begins to glow and melt off, leaving behind a charred skull. Four stone coffins shoot out of the burial chamber within the wall and land upright. The doors swing open. Three skeletons leap out of their tombs, each wearing metal-plated armor with matching helmets and carrying a long curved sword. The fourth stumbles out with his hands tied behind his back and a bent fedora on his head. He hits his knees and looks up toward our heroes. Dakota! That's my name. Feel free to wear it out. Man, this guy is smooth as butter. More like sticky like gum. 
on the bottom of your shoe. Skeletons, Cree. The skeletons stand upright and move their swords to their chest in salute before advancing toward Team Sneakwolf. It's go time. Yes, let's do this. Everyone was preparing for a fight as a monstrous roar echoes through the chamber. The entrance to the chamber crumbles as the giant legendary Serperus bounds toward the gang and stops between them and the skeleton guards. With a quick spin, Serperus ignites his spiked tail and slams it into the skeletons, dismantling their bones and sending them rocketing into the air. It bows before Alistair and nuzzles his chest. That's it. Good hell beast. Aw, can I keep it? Enough! Team Sneakwolf spins around to face Brendan, his skin now completely gone and his bones crumbling into the sand. The wind picks up once again and carries with it a strange melody. My sand will fill your lungs. My tiny parts will be inside you. Ugh, really, man? Just the worst choice of words there. Behold! Guys. Go, 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 run! Over here, I know a shortcut. Hand over the compass. What? There's no time! Hey, you heard her. Cough it up or we leave you here. Fine, here. Dakota reaches into his pack, pulls out the golden compass, and tosses it to Aurora. And your hat. What? No way. This is my favorite hat. Dude, I've seen your luck so far. That hat ain't doing you any favor. Guys, let's boogie. With the compass in hand, the gang scrambles toward a small opening in the far wall. They climb through the opening and down into a narrow hallway with a wide pit in its center. What do we do now? Well, when a problem comes along, you must whip it! Whoa, look at that! He whipped that rock on the ceiling! Let's go. We'll swing across. Ladies first. Here goes nothing. Hurry, sis. The sand's coming. Whew! Made it! My turn. Throw it back to me. Piece of cake. Orion, your turn. Come on, come on. Brutus, catch. One, two, three. One by one, our heroes swing across the gap and land safely on the other side. They run down the corridor toward the exit as Brutus turns back to Dakota with a smile on his face. All right, let's go. Send it back over. I'll trade you, your hat, for a way out. What? What are you talking about? Throw me the damn whip! You already got your compass back. Give me your hat. The hell I will. You'll stretch it out. It'll fit. Toss it or die, grave robber. Fine. Oopsie. You idiot! Throw it back! Brutus balls up the hat and throws it overhand across the pit. It flies over Dakota's head and slides into the tunnel behind him, just as the ceiling caves in on top of it. My hat! Sorry, throwing the whip over now. Wait, I'm not ready! Shit, too much force. God damn it, it's in the pit now! Now I'll never get it back! Uh, plan B, just jump to me. I'll kill you! Dude, just jump, I got you. No, I'll never make it. Just go. I'll find another way out, and then I'll kill you. Leaving Dakota behind, Brutus bounds down the corridor toward the exit and up several flights of stairs. As he nears the opening, he sees the rest of Team Sneakwolf staring out over the expanse of the desert from a broken balcony with no way down. We're stuck. What do we do? 
There is no escaping the sands. Look! Above them, flying high, a small blue propellered plane with red racing stripes cuts through the white clouds, dragging behind it a string of multicolored flags. All right, Dougie. Dougie swoops in close as the sands begin to spray out from the large cracks in the pyramid. Team Sneak Wolf grabs hold of the strings of flags as the balcony collapses. Dougie pulls back on the throttle and lifts our heroes to safety. They watch as sand begins swirling around the pyramid, engulfing it and pulling it beneath the earth. Man, I hope Dakota made it out okay. I'm sure he did, dude. He's resourceful. Yeah, I doubt this is the last we've seen of Dakota Bones. With a golden banana in hand, Dougie steers our heroes into the sunset, back toward the oasis. Guys, look over there! On a distant dune, Serperus rejoins his clan of giant three-headed cat hell beasts. They all raise their heads at the sound of the plane as if to say goodbye and thank you to Team Sneakwolf. Our heroes let out a sigh and share a smile while enjoying the view. I'm alive. Dakota Bones always comes out on top. <laughs> ah! A CGI gopher! Get out of here! Whew! That was a close one. Those damn things could ruin a movie franchise. <sighs> Probably already have. Oh, God! There's more of them! Ah! 